Nice, boy. everybody welcome to the nice boys podcast a podcast with two friends and sometimes more friends and baby do we have a treat for you because we also have more than one friend and before i introduce both of our guests one you know one you don't know i want to say that these are probably my two closest friends besides my wife and my brother i'm excited that they're both here uh shane hi i'm always here and my friend, he's here because he is in, in what, 14th, 15th smartest guy I know? This is sure. Dougie <laughs> Stevens, everybody. Hey, Dougie. If he's, hey, fif- if he's 15, if he's 15, where do I fall? Sure. Because I'm a real dumb dumb. <laughs> 86. No, no. Guys, Dougie's here because he's an expert in theology. I'm not an expert. And forty <laughs> fifth. You've been asking for it. You've been asking so many questions about like God and sexual God things that you guys like to ask, and that's why we brought Dougie on. <laughs> hey. Sexual God things is my favorite worship band. That's the title of the next book I'm gonna write. It's gonna be awesome. It's about marriage. No, it's actually not. It's, it's about God being married in the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> it's I about tell you, Mary Magdalene. I think I've told you both separately, but I did have my former boss did 100% believe that Jesus was like, okay, so <laughs> when he was, he believes that when Jesus was tempted, since Jesus experienced all the bad things in life, he must have had to experience the good things too. So he thinks that him and Mary Magdalene were hooking up on the reg. Wow. And like wholeheartedly <laughs> believes since sex is such a good thing and Jesus experienced everything that we experienced, he must have had sex. Whoa, did he also do drugs? Yeah. So he re- I guess, I don't know. Man. He had did he read the... Did he read um, the uh, Tom Hanks version of the Bible, the Da Vinci Code? He did. Like, like it's on par with that. Like, he did believe, like, um, yeah, the whole thing. And, yeah, I mean, he was a wild Have you dude. seen the Da Vinci Code? No. Have you seen that I movie? Wow, you're missing out, buddy. It's pretty. It's It's like National Treasure with the Bible, but bad. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you're asking. Right? Yeah, I guess. I liked I liked it just because I like Tom Hanks. Yeah. I've I seen every it. bad Tom Hanks movie. I've watched the Burbs. <laughs> You've seen every Tom Hanks movie? Did you watch The Circle? Yeah. How I've seen it. It's <laughs> fine. How was it? It's <laughs> fine. I liked it. It was real philosophical at the ending. I liked it. Um, did you watch Won't You Be My Neighbor? No, I hate. It Mr. made Rogers. me cry. What like the f- <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Just kidding, I don't. That was for a reaction. You got one. <laughs> you got you got <laughs> what you wanted. <laughs> I was about to go off. Um, I, I like Mister. I mean, I think we kind of talked about it the other week. I don't really have an opinion on him. I wasn't like his show was always like. I get. I didn't get the. You thought it was boring. I thought it was weird as a kid. I didn't. I wasn't into the creepy little puppets, man. You think? 
You think uh, him and Mr. Farley were fucking? <laughs> you think he was putting it to that old delivery guy? <laughs> All right, back to the Bible. Um, Shane, you said you had gathered up some questions to kind of quiz Dougie. Yeah. Well, we we partly wanted to do this part joke, part serious. Um, this episode, kind of. Yeah, we're just gonna get into it. We're gonna see where it takes us. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. All right, Dougie, question number one. Now, what's the Bible say about whacking your, your hog? Am I, allowed to, am I allowed to masturbate in the eyes of the Lord? That's what I want to know. Wow, you're putting me on the spot Is, um, with this one. Can I take myself to dinner and be okay with G-O-D? Is it all right if I make the old, the old bald man puke and still get into heaven? Can I shoot a wrister and get into those pearly gates? Is it fine if I take myself on a J-date and still make heaven my home? That's um, what I want to know. On that note, before Dougie answers, I was watching Taylor Tomlinson's new special on Netflix. Super funny. Check it out. She's the best. She's she, great. She's so good. But she was talking about, uh, what did she say? She said um, she was talking about, one, you know, she grew up in an all-Christian home and, like, her experimenting with sex and stuff, and she was like, she never actually had sex. It was foreplay. So she always had orgasmed. And she was like, uh, she's like, her friends were like, yeah, I've never done that. She's like, you're going to hell and you didn't even finish? <laughs> I'll pray for you. <laughs> Very if I'm going to hell, it's going to be for a good reason. So, Dougie, can you jack it and be all right with with young Jeezy? Uh, I'm waiting. Should I go jack it while I wait? <laughs> sure, do it, do it, bud, and you can uh, you can figure that out later. I personally don't know. I don't know. I'm not God. I'll pull what everyone else does, and I'll get called out for it, like everybody else does too. I have no clue. I'm not God. I don't foresee that being a problem. Okay, so this is kind of a joke, like a joke question from Shane, but it it, it brings up an interesting point um, that our our pastor kind of talked, kind of touched based on in the smallest amount, um, uh, not masturbation specifically, but uh, in February he always does like a, a series about relationships, and he talked about how sex is not normalized within the church. Like we know that when you hit a certain age, you become interested sexually sexually yes yeah horny yeah. sexually active yeah but we tell that's what he said that's what pastor casey said exactly behind the pulpit out of his mouth. wait wait he when you turn 12 you get horny oh, he, didn't say that. he didn't say that verb <laughs> he didn't say horny at all but he, he said verbatim <laughs> damn near killed him <laughs> but he was talking about the aspect uh, of how the church tells like we're no 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 don't have sex don't have sex even though it's a normal thing you know, mm -hmm. and um, and then people do it, and then we cast them out for it, even though we know they're going to be doing those things. So why not educate them the smart and right way? Correct. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wonder about this What's whenever I read the New Testament because there's there are quite a few people in there that it doesn't even say that they have wives, and so if they didn't, that would mean that even though they have sexual urges and they get horny as well. That they just walk around and don't do anything. I I don't know that I buy that because they're all humans. I mean, it's natural. 
there are yeah, everybody's, plenty of everybody's horny unless you're not. Yeah, there are plenty of species like within primates and monkeys that do that. It's natural to them to just masturbate. So I don't know. I've but seen. I was at a zoo so. once. I was at a zoo once and watched a gorilla crank his hog for probably way too long before an adult <laughs> noticed that I was doing it. <laughs> That's the two states of being horny and not like that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah, you're either horny or you're not. Like that's no in between. There's not no. Yeah, two states. You of don't existence. get a choice. But um, <laughs> I guess like what I'm trying to say, like yeah, it was a joke, but my whole life I was told that all that like. Basically, my natural state of being when I was 12 years old was horny. And so, like, when I was 12 years old and just, like, just want to just do it real bad, like, the shame kicked in because of everything that I was taught. And, like, you can't make the bald man puke because you're going to go to hell. And that was, like, it, 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 it became, like, the shame was, like, a part of it. And it, it was, it, it. Like here was the routine, and I'm gonna. It's gonna get real. Was like crank your hog, finish, destroy all the evidence, and then pray and cry and ask God for forgiveness. And that was like how I jerked it for about five years. Yeah. If I'm being real, and like the shame was just like a part of the ritual, and then pretty soon like the shame kind of just like fell by the wayside because I didn't feel it anymore, but it was still part of the routine. Sure. I don't know. I'm not sure where it lands. I know that one verse in like the Old Testament where like you'll be cursed if you spill your seed or whatever that is. <laughs> but and that's the one that they use. And then they use like the lust and they if like a man lusts after a woman in his heart, he's already committed adultery and they use that and then they use the spill your seed thing and they're like, "All right, don't crank your hog." But then like Dr. Dobson was like, "It's cool, man." let your kids beat their meat it's chill and it's just like a whole thing that it's it's real murky it just depends on who you ask and i know there's no like concise answer for anything but there's never been any clarity really the the subject is not murky the the interpretation and teaching of <laughs> said subject yeah. is where yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes exactly the way people teach I don't know. I don't know. What if? <laughs> what if I'm jerking it, but I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just like thinking about Legos. Is that cool? Sure. Then it's just a transaction at that point. That's, I'm called, just like, that's called a fetish, but That I is mean. a fetish. <laughs> oh. Legos are also sexual. I mean, think about it. It's penetration. <laughs> the parts fit perfectly together. It's one part going into another. One man and one woman. One man and one woman. Hallelujah. That is the ultimate Adam and Steve argument. Look at Legos. <laughs> Look at Legos. You can't jack it to Legos. Take Romans 2 know, out and then insert Legos instead of nature. You can have Paul saying, just look around at the Legos. This should tell you that God, that God is real. <laughs> See how that minifig goes in there real nice? I have a professor that used to talk about how... Uh, People would look at water uh, coming up on a shore and seeing that as a form of penetration as like, that's how, that's how, yeah, like the water's having sex with the earth to create uh, more trees and more land and more life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then the Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians used to believe that rain was sperm from the gods falling from heaven to fertilize the ground. Which is disgusting. I know. That's so gross. <laughs> That's a weird way to think about it. Get all this they God did. come on me. It. it was real. There's a hurricane coming that's just <laughs> the gods having an orgy and just blowing it all over the place. That's wild. But, they like, I it. guess, like, before science and before we know what we know, a lot of these things make sense. And I still think, like, I still think we're wrong about a lot of stuff because, like, sure. we were dumb dumbs two hundred years ago. Why aren't we still? We're probably still dumb dumbs now, you know? Yeah, and we are. And there are a lot of professors that I have now that want to get <clears throat> the the students to believe that we're not anymore. Like we figured it all out, you know, since the Enlightenment or the scientific method, we've we've got it all figured out now. But that's not that's not the case. I it's think we're still pretty stupid. I mean, like, people are panicking over a form of the flu. And, like, I can't buy toilet paper at Sam's Club because somebody's mad that someone's going to cough on them and then they won't be able to wipe their ass anymore. (laughs) Also, since coronavirus, I realized how much I touch my face, which is all the time. I thought you were going to say something else. Constantly touching my face. Uh, Austin, do you have anything to no, add? You know, you, um, I I don't know. I don't know like how how deep you want to get, but like yeah, that that stems <laughs> that stems like <laughs> nice. Uh, that stems from. <laughs> I, I don't want to air out your laundry or anything or anything you're not comfortable talking about. Uh, no, that, go for it. Get that, in there. That stems from like a real like psychological place for you. Something that really was something that is normal that was not normalized within the context of religion to make you act a certain way yep. um, because of one I'm not trying to be mean I love Miss Sandy um, no man she's she's nuttier than squirrel shit but either you know wasn't prepared to have you know the talk with you the right way you know or you know <laughs> you know wasn't prepared but like to- yeah she was just re- she was she thought this, this is where I'm at right now, because I've been thinking about it a lot. But she thought what she was doing was right for me. She thought she was giving me the best life she could. Turns out she was messing me up, and she had no idea. She was just ignorant to it. And uh, sex is just a weird thing now because of the way that I was raised. And it's like still a tough subject because of the way that I was taught. Like I don't know if you listened to the podcast a couple weeks ago, but... I didn't really have the talk. I learned everything I know from the internet, and that's not always the best. But like she, she, she was trying her best, and she thought she was raising us right. And it turns out it just wasn't. And like, it's crazy because of we had like these accountability meetings where all the dudes would get together in our youth group and we, with our youth pastor, and we would like not confess, not like so much like confess our sins, but just like. Talk about what we were struggling with. And nine times out of ten, it was like, well, I cranked it a couple days ago to Pornhub. And, like, I don't know. Just, like, pray for me. Keep me in your prayers. I need accountability. And, like, yeah, like, we were all 14 and horny and didn't have an outlet to put that. And so it was, like, it was just tough for all of us. It was just, I don't know. I don't know. It was just the way we were taught. 
I don't think is how I'm going to teach my kids. I want a healthier approach to sex education, which is something we'll never get in the church. Not for a long time anyway. I mean, it's starting to, it's starting to progress, but it's not like widespread yet. Well, it's, you know, like just to bring it back to what Pastor Kate, like the church sexually represses teenagers and young adults and then gets mad (laughs) when they try to break out of that, (laughs) you know, that thing. And and then it's wild. Yeah, it is. I would just want to go back to what you mentioned with uh, people talking about lust issues and stuff like that. I'm not really sure where I fall on all of that other than to say I don't believe porn is the right way to go. I don't know that porn is healthy for our society and, and the way that we're headed uh, because the prevalence Absolutely of it not. is taking, there's a good TED talk on it, uh, talking about how it takes away from fantasy. Like you can't even dream anymore because you've seen so much stuff. And it's I know that, that would be like um, perverted if I were to say that in a church, like, what do you mean fantasy? That should be taken away when the Holy Spirit comes. It's like, okay, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. No. You're an idiot, you know? Exactly. Um, the The whole porn, like, argument i'm we're about to get real real there was a while where like i couldn't even get it up without porn honestly so i i've been off it for about a month and a half um and i've noticed that my life has got like i've i've my mind has gotten more clear and my imagination is like more prevalent than it has been because I was I was like desensitized myself to anything sexual, you know. Because you've just seen everything. You want to watch two old men uh, masturbating on a biscuit? That's out there, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying like you can't imagine. It takes your imagination away, and right now I'm just every time I crank it, I crank it off the dome, and it's so much better because. It's. I feel like it's more pure. You know what I mean. Like it's more unadulterated because it's my mind, and I'm not like thinking about. I'm not watching forty-five boobs at once. You know. Sure. And uh, Austin's red because he hates talking about stuff like this. <laughs> yes, I do. Absolutely hates it. Yes, I do. <laughs> but well, you told me to come up with questions. I did. Uh, and I, I, we can move on. We can cut some of this out if you want to. I don't mind. You no. can circumcise um, the audio. <laughs> <laughs> Just clip off that foreskin. <laughs> oh, man. Circumcision is weird. All right. <laughs> That's the new airplane <laughs> food. Hey, that. circumcision is weird. How about that circumcision? Am I right? What I saw a guy. I saw a guy in a locker. I saw a guy in a locker room t- t- one time. He didn't have a foreskin. He had a five skin, folks. <laughs> what if it was as regular as it, like today, as it was in the Bible? Like, hey man, you want to come over to? I mean, you'll be laid up for a couple weeks, but we're gonna get the boys together and cut our foreskins <laughs> later. Uh, it's like, dude, that'd be so wild, huh? That is wild. <laughs> There's a it's weird nuts, part man. in the book of Acts I was reading uh, yesterday where Paul and Timothy are walking together. They're about to go to, I can't remember what city it is off the top of my head, uh, but they're about to go to some Jewish Christians. And Paul says, it says in the book of Acts that Paul took Timothy and circumcised him before they went. And I'm thinking, 
This kid's a grown. He's a grown man, yeah. and another grown man just <laughs> circumcised him so that he could speak to a bunch of Jewish people. This is the weirdest thing I've ever heard of in my yeah. life. Laws are wild, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. Or like the whole like David, <laughs> David gathering <laughs> those foreskins so he can marry that lady. Yeah, and cut off all the Philistines. Oh my god! <laughs> Make a belt out of foreskin. Oh man. <laughs> Like Ed Gein, man. That'd be wild. It's wild. It's not. Hashtag not my king. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to say, Austin? Do you have any, any questions? questions? No, me and Dougie talk yeah. pretty regularly, and we get uh like pretty wild sometimes. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Uh, I love it. So not really, not you know. Not necessarily. Yeah. So this was for so, you guys to connect and me just to pop in and out. So Dougie, yes. Where do you fall? What um? What happens? What do you think happens after we die? We're getting real deep. Twenty-one minutes in. Uh, after we die, we die, and that's okay. it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not an atheist. Uh, whoa, you're. I was gonna be like, <laughs> whoa, you're just hard dead over just like that. Yeah. No, um, uh, I'm gonna skip all. I'm gonna skip all of that and go towards the ending. Okay. Okay. So, let's do it. I'm not sure where I fall and what happens when a, an individual dies. That's why I'm gonna skip that right now. So I will say there are a few different ways that you can view what happens in what's called post mortem judgment. So after you die, there's a judgment. So one of them is called eternal conscious torment, which is obviously people are consciously burning in hell and being tormented for all of eternity. Another one is annihilationism, which essentially is evil being swallowed up, and then they cease to exist. And then, actually, there's probably one more after the last one. Uh, One would be everybody ultimately makes it to heaven or into the new creation, and then the last would be that people have to pass through purgatory or a purgatory-like state to make it into where they're going. I fall more along the annihilation line uh, as of now, I haven't fully solidified my position. Austin kind of makes fun of me for it because I like to no, I don't make fun invest a lot into it to, before I make a decision. But that's kind of well, where that's I'm. no, that's great because I'm a dumb dumb and I'm just like, oh yeah, that sounds good. I'll do that one. <laughs> but like the fact that you you have to go through a lot, like a whole journey, just to get to your decision, I think that's fantastic. I think that's great. Yeah, I'm uh, going through a book about the purgatory one. It's a uh, it's a branch of universalism. I'm very interested in it. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, the only issue I have is reconciling a few passages within the New Testament. Um, but I'm on a journey, and we'll see kind of where I land. But I don't think I will ever go back to being a believer in an, a, a conscious, tormenting hell, you know, like I was raised to, to believe exists. But I have a lot of fun talking to people about it. It's one of my favorite yeah. topics to talk about. I was talking to uh, our boss just the other day about it. We had a good conversation. I enjoyed it a lot. So, I like 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 you were raised like I was raised. It was like heaven or hell, fire and brimstone, Dante's Inferno style, just like endless torture. Like there's going to be 45 demons ripping which, your which is wild, fingernails off. Right? So, like in Dante's Inferno, Homeboy has to fight, like, in the video game. I don't know if you knew they made a video game about it. I played it, yeah. Yeah, like 2000. I don't know. I was still in high school. so It was on PlayStation 2, Yeah, right? Yeah, uh, 3. So it was like two, PlayStation three, 2009, yeah. 2010, somewhere around in there. But uh, you have to fight dead babies. 
that have died, and he goes through it in 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 the in the book, uh, or in the it's not a technically a book, um, but like <laughs> like the de- babies that have died that didn't go to heaven or didn't get blessed by a priest mm-hmm. that he has to in the video game you had to fight That's and buck, kill dude. these little dead <laughs> babies. <buck. laughs> <laughs> this video game. Yeah. There are still people that believe that babies go to hell if they're not blessed by a priest or if they're not predestined by God, which is outrageous to me. That's crazy. And and the, there's nothing more innocent on this earth than a baby. And like, no, nah, that baby's going to be tormented because they couldn't understand English when they died. So, Yeah, and their argument to that is typically there's no man that's ever been created or born that is born innocent. Everyone's guilty of sin. Whack. Which, if you think about it, that would all be God's fault because he created Adam. Adam sinned, therefore everyone's under sin, so therefore it's God's mm-hmm. fault they're in hell. You know, it doesn't make sense. I've always been like an agent of accountability type guy. I'm like, yeah. You say an like, agent of accounting? Uh, an agent of accounting, a CPA. Um, no, but an age of accountability guy. <laughs> I've always been an agent of accounting love calculators but um <laughs> hold on real quick I, I listened to this comedian that said i'm a real big boobs guy <laughs> he said i like to uh type boobs into my calculator over and over again <laughs> eight zero zero eight. <laughs> oh we we know all about that we sure did <laughs> we did a whole episode about it i remember um age of accountability <sighs> Oh, yeah. Age of account. Like, I don't think that until you fully understand that God's going to smite you. You know what I mean? And, like, God's not going to smite you anyway. But, like, I don't think until you fully grasp the concept of of salvation that, like, and I'm I'm starting to, okay, we're going to get real. So I'm starting to like really question everything I've ever been taught, which is good. I think it's healthy. It should be more normalized. And I'm, I don't think that there's an afterlife at all is where I'm at right now. Sure. But that could change tomorrow because of that. That's the kind of dumb dumb I am where I just, yeah, that sounds right. Let's do that one for a little bit. But um, I've been reading a lot of Joseph Campbell. I I just finished The Power of Myth and like uh I'm halfway through The Hero of a Thousand Faces and uh uh Joseph Campbell is a an expert on mythology and basically how like all like the hero's journey and all roads basically go to the same goal like all of like Jesus and Muhammad and and Krishna and all basically all religious figures are just humans craving something you know humans craving a hero humans craving a savior and so like all fi- works of fiction and like I know that's gonna get, ruffle a lot of feathers me saying that the bible's fiction I don't think it, the bible's fiction I just don't take everything literally this is a really deep hole that I don't know much about yet but I'm still trying to learn and uh so like when it comes to like the afterlife i think that that's just a comfort mechanism mechanism that we've created for ourselves so that way it kind of takes the sting out of death a little bit 
Sure. I would say that our society is completely <clears throat> riddled with myth, though. Myth doesn't mean not real. Myth is just like the story behind it. And think about what pervades right. marketing today and advertising. You need a story to get the people. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Apple's Everything's big pro on, wrestling. Yeah, yes, everything's pro wrestling. You need a story. So Apple needs a story to get their stuff out. It's not just the design. It's the story behind it, the people that use it. You know, there's a myth. There's a, like, there are, in a sense, the gods that use the phones that then reinforce us buying them and still using them. And that's that's true with anything. Um, you know, Walmart, for example. And I'm not saying that certain people shop at Walmart that are amazing. There's a big stigma against people that shop at Walmart. Um, but it's it's sacrificing essentially their part of their mythos is the god of low prices, you know? Uh, yeah. Myth pervades... And it's the, even like the I myth with that. Target, where like the myth that like you're you're a classier type of person if you shop at Target, which is you know, yeah. it's that it and everything needs a story, so that we can believe the hype. Sure, sure. Basically, I'll ask you a question. My professor asked us, "What makes it more weird oh, that shit. a religious institution does it than a company?" Everything's advertising. Right. What what makes it more weird? Like, say you were to see... So there's a documentary called Wild Wild Country on Netflix. Have you watched it? Mm-hmm. You have watched no. it? No. Okay. It's I have it's, not. It's, uh, it's following a a religious group. I think they, they are from Iran or something like that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but they end up moving here into the... Not to the Middle East, to the Midwest, buying a commune and spending a bunch of money to build it. And they start having a bunch of religious experiences. And they'll like dance and just have free sex and all this stuff. And it's a weird documentary to watch, but he made us watch some of that and then ask us that question. Why is it okay that Walmart buys land and puts all their religious symbols and all these things together and performs rituals on the land? But it's 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 weird that the a religion does that. You know what I mean? Or like say speaking in tongues, you know. You know, think about speaking in tongues. He relates that to what a cheerleader does. You know, the, they're saying they're saying V O L S, and then they bring it all together to interpret it. Everything you know, they're speaking in tongues. It's all tribal. Well, let me let me explain it. Everything is religion, right? Everything is trying yeah. to market. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I'm yeah. saying like it's all tribal. It's all like the human humans crave to be part of something. Just like that's our natural state. We all want to be sure. a part of something. And wh- whether that's like the cl- the 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 clothing brand we wear or like the stuff that we buy and like the advertising that we fall for, it's because we all want to be a part of something. And yeah, so it's yeah. like religion is just a part of advertising. And well, fuck, I've never thought of it like that. It's monetized by people yeah. and governments now. Advertising is a part of religion. It, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. It's cool, huh? It is pretty cool. You were talking but, um, about um. You were talking about questioning everything you believe, and I think that's one of my favorite things about what well, it is. It's a, one of the things I cherish most about the the relationship that Dougie and I have is like um. I I don't know if I've said this on here, but I didn't I didn't really 
have an opinion on a lot of things <laughs> like that I did believe. I, I didn't really have a platform on what I believed for myself. And, you know, part of but it like was just kind of like an accept like you just accepted everything. Yeah. The way while, I right? explain it, the way I explain it and interpret it is in the way that we talk about it. Dougie and I is like um, when you first get saved, whoever is like the pastor, whoever you're underneath, you you were handed the ver- their version of religion and their mm-hmm. version of faith. And uh, but specifically within fundamentalistic church or fun- churches that practice that type of thing is like you're taught not to question anything. Things are the way they are. And that's just it. So I didn't. And I just like, you know, I didn't really have an op- I didn't really have a hard opinion on anything other than what, you know, the it's religion good for that was grandma, handed it's to good me. enough for me. Sure. Yeah. That Give me that old time so, religion. With us talking, you know, it's you know, it's allowed me to figure out things for myself and and kind of give myself a place to stand. And I've you know, it's certainly changed the way I see God and, and interpret God and, and feel God for me anyway. You know, so yeah, I just think it's fun and it's neat. And I think it's good. Your question and stuff. It is. I think you should. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it it should be an it, it's a normal human practice to question authority. We all rebel at some point for something. Yeah, I I would also say that it's even more normal to question authorship, not just authority. You know, who's allowed to write on you? Mm-hmm. That is authority in some sense. But you know, yeah, uh, I've had bosses that have had authority, but they didn't. They've never had authorship over me. You know, they've never been able to write anything into my mind. You know, stuff like that. Uh, that's where I've been. Yeah, is questioning authorship of. You know who has written on me, and how how am I letting this pervade? And one of the most helpful things to me was talking to Austin about. Uh, he he came up with this idea about preferences. Uh, like your preferences don't really matter. I can't remember the saying that you used. What was that? What do you mean? You said something along the lines of uh, everything's based on our own preferences, and uh, like mm-hmm. it's okay. It, I can't remember the saying. It was like. Uh, I know that I don't matter or something like that. Can you uh, yeah. go back into that? Um, well, I think that that's kind of two separate ideas I have. I talk about preference and the aspect of specifically for me, like I think especially in my past within leadership, specifically within the church and outside of it in work and stuff too, I, I try not to be that way anymore, period. But where is the line of like, because within leadership in the church as a leader, the way they teach you within the fundamentalist church is like you're supposed to do what you feel God wants you to do, and that's how you lead. Well, where is that line, yeah. and when does it become not what God wants to do and what I want to do? But what you want to do. Right. So, and in my opinion, it's human nature to always put, you know, protect yourself. So you put your preference in front of, quote, God's will, unquote, and then it turns into this big, messy thing, and a lot of people get hurt. And I feel like I've well, done that a lot in my leadership past, I think. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she is, like, getting back into, like, the way she grew up in, like, religion. And she's been, she was dating this dude, and he was, like, talking about marriage, and they were only, like, dating for, like, three or four weeks. And I was like, that's that's really, that seems like it's that, that that thing where the idea of marriage is more important to you than like actually like getting to know somebody and then after after 
a month and a half of them seeing each other, he just said, well, God's telling me that I don't, that this isn't right and we shouldn't go out anymore. And I was like, I think he's using that as an out. I think that's just him not interested in you anymore, but he uses the God thing because that saves him from, from, uh, that saves him from having to like break up with you. He used God as like a shield. So he could be like, God told me that we shouldn't see each other see each other anymore and i was like yeah i think you just didn't want to see her anymore and it, it had nothing to do with god it, it it's like that preference thing it's just like it's easier to use god as a shield in that in that certain in that certain situation because it deflects it off of you you don't have to make the decision because god made it for you but it's really you you know what i mean yeah, I'd for sure say that 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 is a way of yeah interpreting it and looking at it. Uh, the other thing, uh, talking about we don't matter. That's <laughs> that's kind of a that's a that's a thing that no one other than Dougie is and a couple other select people are comfortable having that conversation with me. And I say it all the time, but that nothing matters. Everybody dies, but it's true. Yeah, <laughs> but what he's we, <laughs> what he's, we talk about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what. What he's talking about specifically is I was listening to a podcast with John Martin Millen. I can't remember which one it was on. Uh, He's one of my guys. But he was talking about when he first started leading worship and like in his early careers, and he's been doing it for 25 plus years, like how he loves one of his most famous songs came out in the like early 2000s at like night late 1990s early 2000s he was singing it for 10 plus years before before kim walker david got a crowder hold, made it yeah, pop david crowder kim walker got a hold of it circa 2008 you know uh mm-hmm. but he was saying when he first started writing music he felt like his mission was like everybody needed to hear what he had to say and if they <laughs> didn't the world was gonna it it was detrimental to survival if they didn't hear his voice throughout things. But him going through life and learning about things that matter and things that are important to him as he grows older, that um, in he was saying, like, in the span of eternity, what I do does not matter. But yeah. everything that I'm doing right now matters. Like <laughs> So I, I, within myself, am just trying to grow more comfortable with the fact and we've talked about this, like specific, you know, like the idea of having a a calling mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. Um. That you know, it, it doesn't. You know, I'm just growing more comfortable with the fact that in the span of things, I don't matter. But right now, just trying to do everything to basically, I break it down as simple as this: like have God in my heart, and then just let that out, and I don't put any more pressure other than that you know and this is a version of that you know what i'm saying talking about it absolutely edu quote unquote educating i'm not any kind of teacher or anything you know but just talking (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh, um i want go ahead so one of my favorite books of the bible is the book of acts and that's why i'm going through it again because that seems to me that that's what they did in the book of acts is they just lived their lives you know it says that they met from house to house uh they broke bread uh, drank some wine together, or some people say grape juice. Uh, don't know how you <laughs> keep grape juice in such hot weather, but somehow people believe that's that's a thing. Uh, yeah, fermentation didn't exist. Yeah, fermentation was, uh, yeah, it was not there. They had refrigerators back then. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, 
hey guys, go pray for real quick. So, <laughs> uh, so through the book of Acts, it seems to be that that's what they're doing is just living their lives and coming together in their community and then going back out and continuing to live their lives rather than, you know, Stephen hoping that he's going to be an apostle someday or someone feeling the calling to making to the it nations here. or whatever, you know, they're just, they were living lives. in the moment. Yeah. It was like, Hey, we need to, the Hellenistic Jews rise up in Acts six. And they're like, Hey, we are not getting the food that we're supposed to get. We're not getting a part of the daily distribution uh, to which the apostles say, okay, that's fine. We'll get seven dudes to do it. God didn't have to show up and say, Hey, you need to, you seven people need to feed these, you know, that's stupid. That doesn't exist. They just did mm-hmm. whatever needed to be done, you know. They lived their lives. They were living their lives, yeah. They made money to help I, the poor. I've been, um, I've been trying to learn that recently. I've been, I've probably been, like, muddling my whole brain with, like, stuff that I shouldn't. Like, I've been listening to, like, Ram Dass and Joseph Campbell, and, like, I'm just get, getting real hippie with it sure. lately. But, um, it's, and... I feel like that is kind of where I'm at right now because I keep craving something in my life that's not there, whether it's like craving my past or like wishing for the future. And I I haven't been like living in the moment as of recently. And like The Power of Now is a book that I'm in the middle of right now that Ram Dass wrote where it's just like learn to be present and learn to appreciate that nothing exists but this moment and just be in the moment yeah. and stop thinking about whatever you have to do two weeks from now. Sure. And, and, and that's, that's easier said than done. And I, that's what I've been learning recently is just like, just live my life and just be in the moment and not crave something that doesn't exist right now. Absolutely. Jesus says something similar. Uh, people always take Matthew six kind of out of its larger context of the sermon on the Mount, but he talks mm-hmm. about not worrying about anything at all. Um, you know, he says, take no thought for what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sleep. Don't think about any of it. Don't worry about it. And then some people will use that to say, well, yeah, that's because Jesus was rich and we're supposed to be rich and not be in poverty and stuff. And that's fine. I don't think people should be in, you know, I don't think, I wish people weren't in poverty. Yeah. But he's, he's talking to a place that didn't have consumer capitalist markets. Most of those people were definitely poor. You know, they're oh, for sure. People think that because someone sold, you know, purple like Lydia or whatever her name was, that she was, you know, rolling in dough. I don't think that that's the case. That That's beside the point, though. Jesus says, says something similar. You know, you even if you worry, you can't add what he says uh, in, in the King James one cubit to your stature. You can't make yourself grow. So why even waste your time worrying? You know, look at the birds. Yeah. You know, he turns to nature and says, just meditate on this. Meditate on the birds. Meditate on the flowers of the field, you know. so. Just be here now. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Just being comfortable for me, (laughs) for me personally, with the fact that over the course of the history and the past and the future, Austin Jones does not matter. But while I'm Mm -hmm. living and breathing, Austin Jones and his actions do matter to the people around him. So it's just that. Like, you don't matter in the grand scheme of things, but you matter right now. Yeah. And you, you, everyone, you do like you do affect the people around you, and you do. Your actions matter, but they don't but they, at the same time, and that's buck wild, <laughs> buck wild. It's I keep bringing up Jerry Seinfeld every time. Yeah, 
whenever they were in the writer's room writing Seinfeld, they had a giant poster of like the galaxies and the universe in the writer's room. Whenever they would get stuck on a joke and they would start arguing about the joke, Jerry would just be like, you see that? Can you find Earth? No, it doesn't matter. So this joke <laughs> that we're going to say on Thursday night doesn't matter. And I like to live my life that way because, like, this is all, it's all, like, constructed by man that we're supposed to live a certain way and have a certain amount of money and have a certain amount of, like, the capitalistic thing that you were talking about. Like, that doesn't matter. As long as, like, I'm, this is where I'm at. As long as I'm having a good time with you guys. And I've got five dollars in my wallet. I'll be fine. Everything is going to be fine. Everything's going to be all right as long as I'm in the room with you guys right now. Even though we're not in the same room. Spoiler alert! I just broke kayfabe. Don't ever do that again if you want to stay on this podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We are in the studio. At Joe Rogan's studio. We're Joe Rogan's studio. I'll do an ayahuasca. Jamie, bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, bring up Universal. I just got out of this. I just got out of this uh, sensory deprivation tank, and I'm feeling real frisky. Yeah, it feels awesome. We're doing MMA, twelve hours a day. I've been punching all day long. I can't punch anymore. Yeah. Done too many punching. We're already 46 minutes in, and I don't feel like we've even scratched the surface. No, we haven't. You're going to have to cut a lot of the beginning out, I think, Austin. No, why? I don't know. Are you nervous? About, if you're nervous about it, I can cut, I can cut this out. No, nah, it's fine. I'm not nervous about it. It's just, it's fine. I feel like we've lost the audience. We have That's haven't. fine. This is for us. This is for us. Um. So... We've covered the afterlife. That's set now. We're all fine there. <laughs> we all get it. Oh, we I, definitely. I, even, I only touched on one side of that. Uh, okay, go for it. So the other side of it, the opposite. So I just covered hell in that, essentially, my view of hell. So within the New Testament, the idea of new creation comes in, which completely obliterates the idea of going to heaven when you die, right? So the idea that we were all taught, you know, by all the hymns and stuff in the Baptist churches or, you know, AG did it as well. Um, <clears throat> we're taught that we're going to fly away into the sky and we're going to be with God for all eternity and worship him. Hallelujah. And that's all we're going to do. Hell yeah. Which, if that's the case, I agree with Richard Dawkins. I don't want to go there. It sounds really boring. I would. It, it sounds dumb. It sounds really boring and stupid. Um, <clears throat> so... Within the New Testament, the idea of the kingdom coming on earth, it, it is actually called new creation. And so that is this earth remade. It is not you going to a place being a disembodied spirit floating, you know, floating on a cloud. Uh, that's often a caricature that's actually painted of what Christians believe. And 90% of Christians don't actually believe we're going to float on clouds. Some of them do. Um, but yeah, I believe that there will be still stuff to do because if you go to the, the book of Genesis, uh, Adam was still put there to do something. He was there to tend the garden before the fall, you know, before he ever messed up. He was there to work. He was there to do something, make it better, make it beautiful, extend the domain of the the garden to the entire earth. Uh, but We're meant to do something. We're meant to, to work. Yeah. 
we're not just going to sit around and be like, like praise the Lord forever. Yeah, and we're that not going to have whack. just mansions up there with everything that we could ever dream of, and then we're still not going to use any of it. This uh, is logical. Uh, it's logically inconsistent. It doesn't make any sense to yeah. say you'll have everything you ever wanted, but all you're going to want to do is praise God. Then why do I have everything I've ever wanted? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, I believe that Jesus came to begin something, and He will come back to complete that. You know. Um, and in my view, the two views that I have right now kind of fit together. So what is, explain to me what is new creation? Um, like I, I have a, uh, John Necro, the great poet, said it like this. Like, this is what I subscribe to personally. He says, if I die before I wake, at least in heaven I can skate. So the song is called Heaven is a Half Pipe. <laughs> And he says in there, <laughs> heaven would have a DJ spinning up all night long, and heaven would be kicking back with Jesus packing my bong. And if heaven can be anything, I hope it's that. Heaven is a half pipe. That's true. Heaven is a half pipe. Jesus is ripping hot 900s and Christ hairs. <laughs> he, all he gets is Christ hair. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So here I am doing everything I can. All right. Um, okay, sorry. What were you saying? I think you asked me a question. What did you ask me? I asked, I asked you what is new creation to you besides heaven being a half pipe, which is what I subscribe to, too. <laughs> yes. As well. Uh, new creation, I think, consists of all of the goodness of God made real on the earth. So... That looks like, to me, people living lives and just doing their thing um, with a new creation without the possibility of evil being able to enter back in, you know, evil in any sense. Evil in the sense of the serpent, which we attribute as Satan, but it's never actually called Satan. Um, that's another thing, but nonetheless... Uh, we could talk for two hours about that right yeah. there. <laughs> that's the old preacher cliche. Now that's how you mm -hmm. move a topic without talking about it. We, I can go on for days about that. Uh, yeah, it's the absence of of evil and just living your life and being in in the good. Um, and that is that With follows no struggles, no cancer, no yeah, no tears, disease, no sickness, yeah, no, no tears, no. <laughs> We're just living, boys. Just living your life. Uh, I've yeah. heard people say that they they hope there's uh, water there so they can surf. Uh, so one of my favorite theologians actually says that. So maybe maybe people will be able to surf. Maybe we'll all know how to surf. I don't know. That'd be dope. Yeah, it consists of living a life to me. Living a life. Yeah. Full I'm of big, God's goodness. I'm a big dude. I've never been able to surf. So and I will never be able to. I had a friend. <laughs> I had a friend um, come up to me Sunday, and he says, "I'm going to ask you a question." You specifically. And I said, why? Oh, and he said, um, because once I ask it, everyone will know why I asked you. Because I'm a big conspiracy theory boy. And he asked me if I okay. thought the coronavirus was just the government trying to poison <laughs> us. Uh, but I, I say that to say, get a little conspiracy theory. -y -y -y. So if I die, when I get to new creation, do I have new body? Or do am I still a ghost? The same body? New body, same body? Do I get to design it? Same 
does he get does, do I get to be the best version of myself? Can it do be? I have a smoking hog in this new body? <laughs> Can it be like WWE 2K create a wrestler yeah, mode and I can just pick whatever I want? <laughs> Even though the default face kind of looks like Tom Holland. Listen, if that's if God God if you're listening, which supposedly you are. Um <laughs> Make it happen, please. The, if nothing else works out for me, give can me, I create my own finisher? Is give what me, I'm trying to give say. me a creative wrestler, new finish. body, a new creation, please. Let me, let me design it. I'll new do body, new body. Am I going to be covered in tattoos because I'm scared to get them right now? <laughs> yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's gonna look exactly like what you wanted to. I think it's up to the individual. You create oh, your path. God, I'm gonna have such a huge. <laughs> Wait, heart. are you being <laughs> serious? Because I'm so <laughs> stoked right now. I have no clue. I haven't been know. there. Yeah, we don't. I know. haven't been there. Uh, as far as you guys know, I'm yeah. not allowed to share it. Just like Paul, the the apostle, I can't tell you what I've seen. Um, Bo Burnham has an excellent <laughs> song called "A Song from the Perspective of God." Yeah, it's a good one. It's so good. Go listen to it talking about kind of this whole thing like kind of this whole life and uh what if perhaps we took things too seriously that god said and you know and things like that and then the end he poses the question like heaven could be right now yeah based on our actions which is pretty deep for a comedy song absolutely Bo burnham is one of my biggest influences i love Bo burnham to death he's a good, good boy he is we love him um, damn. All right, where do, where do you fall? So I've been dropping a lot of cusses this okay. whole time. <laughs> let's let's talk about cussing. Let's do where it. where do, where does the Lord fall on cussing? Uh, I personally don't think he cares. Yeah, same. That's my opinion. Uh, people, I think come it's cultural. With, uh, Colossians, uh, the book of Colossians and uh, Ephesians four, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But if and I've heard people say the same thing, it's cultural, right? So you shouldn't do anything that's against the culture and you should honor that. And if people are offended by it, don't do it. The only problem with that is a lot of those same people hold their views on abortion, which the culture seems to be pushing for real hard. And so it's like, if the culture's for it, shouldn't you also be for it? Otherwise, you're kind of going against culture there. And that's also against your own belief system. So I don't know. They're not most people that I talk to about this, though, aren't logically consistent with with their views. Uh, and they will snake around it any way they can to get out of saying or agreeing with me or anything like that. Saying butter, damn, or ass. Yeah, yeah, unless it's the King James. Yeah, I tried true. to preach a sermon on that one time when I was probably about sixteen, seventeen. <laughs> my pa- oh, my my pastor awesome. my pastor wouldn't let me say it. I wanted to s- make the point that even an ass has a purpose <laughs> <laughs> because the donkey saved Balaam. <laughs> I think you could preach that now. I think I'll preach it s- at some point soon. Rob Bell would have you, I'm sure. Let me ask him. Let's call Rob Bell. <laughs> call him. Let's call Rob Bell. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Um, I've seen, I saw Rob Bell live with Pete Holmes one time Yeah, and it was incredible. He was great. He was really, but I hated the people that were there to see Rob Bell cause I was there to see Pete Holmes <laughs> and, uh, and like people were getting like starting to gasp because Pete was saying the F word. And I was like, did you not know what this was? Right. <laughs> like, because not- it was when they were doing their joint shows where yeah. Rob would do yeah. an hour, Pete would do an hour. 
and <laughs> and then they would do an hour together. Yeah, that's crazy. And so when uh, <laughs> uh, whenever uh, Pete would say, "Are you fucking with me?" People would gasp, and I'm like, <laughs> "Like, come on, guys, this is what this was." But uh, man, I I do like Rob Bell. I I I'm in the middle. I just I finished Love Wins. Like a couple years ago, and I'm rereading that, and I'm also at the same time reading What is the Bible because I hate myself great and book. I want to get real confused. No, you're not getting confused, man. No, it's great. I love Rob Bell. He's a good, good boy. Um, I feel like he's he believes his own hype, though. You know what I mean? Like he gets real horny for what he has to say. That's preachers, bud. Yeah, it's all you're right. Preachers. I would say the same is true <laughs> though about Pete Holmes. Because oh, oh watch, for if sure. If you listen to the interview with him and Bo Burnham, they both are talking over each other the whole time, and it's the worst mm-hmm. interview I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, because Pete I loves love to hear himself talk. But like the thing about Pete Holmes is like you, you when you listen to all of, like I've, I've been listening to You Made It Weird since the show started. Yeah, like I've that was like the second podcast I ever listened to, and you just kind of get used to him talking over people. It's just, okay, that's fine. Just let him go. Let him talk about how. He's he used to struggle struggle with jerking it and now he jerks it all the time. We'll just let let him talk about what Ram Das said for twenty minutes yeah. and then we'll get back to what we were talking about. He does talk about Ram Das uh, pretty much. He every loves episode. Ram Das a lot. <laughs> He's the reason why I got into it. I just finished his book and uh which is basically what he's been talking about on the podcast for ten years, but like in context and linear form so i really like if you do want to know what pete holmes is into his book is fantastic comedy sex god go get it on all amazon.coms um i think they're uh they're the sponsor today i think i wish how do we get one of those austin you know how you can get like a banner yeah we gotta we gotta put ourselves on the street and dress lewd well Folks, we got to respect Dougie's time. He's got to go to work real quick uh, soon. I've had fun. This was great. Um, I feel like we could talk all day. We still probably will um, for a minute, but let's. Yeah. we'll just end it here. It, you guys feel comfortable with that? Yeah. Can I say one last thing? Absolutely. About the yes, thing? please. This is something that, that I think about. Ephesians 4.29, people come at it all the time. Uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, except that which is good to the use of edification, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Woo! Uh, That's right. The the corrupt communication can also be translated uh, corrupting talk, or anything that corrupts the individual's ears, or uh, if you if you mix Romans into it, anything that offends the hearer. Uh, and so, to a lot of people that are that are uh, big on cussing, I want to respond to them and say, Do you use the the phrase MAGA, or are you a Trump supporter? And you make that well known. Because there are people that don't like that, and you still say that. So why don't you mm-hmm. have a problem with uh, offending people there? You know, but you do have a problem whenever you know Shane uses the f word. I don't mm. know. I don't get it. I know it's stupid. Um, I even feel like that, like gossip and church people love that shit, and that's offensive to me most of the time. Except for the when I love. Oh, do I love drama? Ooh, I'm into it. I love to stir the pot, but um, yeah, we could talk all day about contradictions that church people believe, but we won't because we're ending it here. Can I uh, uh, end by reading my favorite Bible verse? Yeah. Yes. Hold on a second. Let me pull it up. 
Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft <laughs> will join others <laughs> from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it is fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We are going to live on. We are going to survive. Today, we celebrate our independence. That is John 3.16. Ezekiel 23.20. <laughs> Follow us on social media. Listen to Dog Cops. Dick Hare. Okay, so, Dougie, you said you used to watch wrestling when you were a, a boy's child. Yeah. Who are you, what, what do you remember about wrestling when you were watching? Who are your favorites? Uh, I would say my two favorite wrestlers were always uh, RVD and um, Nice. Uh, name just went blank. Jeff Hardy. Oh yes. hell yeah! I like Matt that much. I like Jeff. You Matt. you had a type. Yeah, I did have a type. It was both of them. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, I remember that. I remember watching. Um, the NWO was a big thing. I couldn't tell you all the people that were in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember the, the big guy, Kevin something. Kevin Nash, okay, Diesel. Kevin Nash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember Kevin Nash. I remember... Uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Yeah. Uh, Sting at some point. I think he was in there. Yeah. Uh, Terry Bollea. Carried around the urn. <laughs> oh, that. Say the one thing you said uh, yeah. before we started recording, please. Yeah, so I remember an ep- I remember watching an episode where... Uh, Listen, anybody that watches wrestling, Dougie watched this live, <laughs> and that's important because it's one of the most insane things that's ever happened on wrestling TV. And he watched this as a young child. Live! I remember watching <laughs> when uh, Triple H dresses up as Kane and goes to a funeral home and <laughs> pretends to have sex with a dead body. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Do you 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 just remember that specifically? I remember that. I can't remember the full storyline. I remember Kane was trying to be like uh, or they were trying to get rid of Kane or make Kane look like a bad person right. obviously. Yep. And 
I feel like there might have been something with Lisa in there. Lita, not Lisa, Lita. Lita came later, like in Kane, like mid mid two thousands. But she did what in Kane? <laughs> she came in Kane. Uh, she ejaculated inside of Kane. So Triple H and Kane were feuding, and they dug up this be- piece of history from Kane's past about this girl named Katie Vick that Kane had accidentally killed. Correct. What was yes. it? Was it in yeah, a car? Yeah, he accidentally killed her in a car crash. Right. Oh, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. And how he loved Katie Vick. Mm-hmm. So this that does happen. Live on television, this was a good idea, guys. They depict Triple H dressed as Kane going and having sex with this Inside dead body. Coffin. Inside of a I coffin. The coffin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a funeral home. <laughs> on TV, baby. And your dad let you watch that, huh? Yeah. Love wrestling. Oh, man. <laughs> Love necrophilia. Yeah. And wrestling. I always hated Kurt Angle. Okay. Open so up he that was drawer. doing a great job. Dun, 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 dun. Always my least You favorite. suck. I did like Rey Mysterio. You suck. Yeah. Yeah. I, my siblings used to make fun of me for playing with my uh, boys all the time. Really? How old were you? I just, oh, I don't know. I think I had them until, I don't know, freshman year of high school. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Look around this room yeah, that and you're I play in. with them all the time. <laughs> I miss dude, them I got to show you. I got to show you my Dwayne. There's nothing but toys literally in this room. You're I enjoyed them. It was toys great. and dogs. Vigo the Carpathian. Um, yeah, but those wrestling figures me and Peyton used to play with, and I remember having them. Me and Peyton. Oh my gosh! I bet if we went to our grandparents, we have, we have like totes like sitting behind you, like four of them full of these Imaginex. Do you remember those? I don't know. They Wait, they what? happened when we were probably I was probably you know going into middle school. Look at these figures. These are incredibly detailed. They're so cool. So that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. Um, these were made by Bandai, the the one the company that made Power Rangers. That's uh-huh. Stone Cold Steve Buscemi. And then there's Dwayne. But they uh, made like ultra detailed wrestling figures before um, Mattel got the contract for them. And uh, these are like $45 a piece on the internet. And I got them both for $20. And I'm very excited about it. And it's the best decision I've ever made financially. So... I remember one summer vividly being in elementary school and me and Peyton would have these giant days. We would set up either on our back porch. It was like shaded Mm -hmm. in and secluded or we would do it like in our bedroom or in the living room. We would just dump out all of our toys and like pick characters and have some crazy war, like the most fun playing with action figures. And, you know, like I love that stuff, man. It's some of my favorite parts of childhood. My best friend growing up. Daniel uh had we had like where we would mix universes cuz we would never do that but we we would we would pull out like a special day where we would just like the ninja turtles would be helping the x-men and like like this whole thing but we wouldn't do it normally so it was like a special occasion when we would yeah. do it <laughs> and we would write like these we would seriously play from like s- like 9am to like sundown yeah. All day just playing with action figures, and it was the most fun I ever had in my life. 
with Peyton the the summer I was talking about. We had PlayStation twos and Xboxes, but chose yeah, same, to yeah. same. We chose to play with plastic yeah. toys. I yeah. miss it. I do miss it a lot. So I I feel like that that's probably going to be lost with this current generation. Like these kids probably aren't playing with action figures, no right? No way, man, dude. Have you seen those stupid Fortnite action figures? I know tons of kids that have those things, man. They're cool. They're neat. So action figures are still happening. I just bought. Um, I went to walmart and johnson city to get some coolant and i got the rick and morty uh let me grab these boys. you have a pickle richard no it's them in their battle suit so i got the battle suit oh sick battle suit, morty. they're both the guy yeah for five bucks a piece and i was that like, rules yeah i'm gonna grab them and you know they're just fun little pieces you know I love um it, i checked the wrestling section Every time I go into a Walmart or a Target, yeah, every maybe. single time, because you never know. And like I, um, and like they do have some worth to them. I have a Shinsuke Nakamura that I bought for twelve dollars that is now worth one hundred and eighty bucks. Whoa! Just because, like, once they leave the shelves, that's it, and that's the best part about this whole thing is like. And I just love toys, man. And who, who got you on toys, man? God. Austin. I done Austin it. Got me, Austin got me back on toys. Cause he, I would be like, <laughs> he was like, you got to get into action figures, man. And then when I started like watching wrestling like religiously again, like then Austin's like, dude, you got to look into the action figures. And so I started with the Shinsuke Nakamura's and now I have all the Shinsuke Nakamura's that they made in America. I got to get the Japanese ones now. I spend a lot of money on my stuff, but I'll I'll turn the camera so you can see it, Shane. But Dougie will be pointing at it. I um, I have the I have a bunch hanging on my wall. Um, I want to talk about this one in particular. It's one of the only Batman's I have because I like Batman, but he's kind of overrated. I mean, as far as figures and stuff go, you can just buy a bunch of them. But His figures this, are kind of whack. This is a Gotham by Gaslight Batman, and what that is. Uh, it's a it's a Elseworld story by DC, and it's basically Batman if he was set in 1800s London, and his main antagonist is Jack the Ripper in the so comics. It, so it's Batman. So it's like that Cthulhu era. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it really is. So that rules. Figure, uh, it's increased in price a little bit, but this is the most expensive one I've paid for. I paid 70 bucks for this thing. Jesus. Um, but I mean, it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful, articulate. He's got like a he's got this like cloth that cool like cape, cape and cowl. And I mean, it's it's just a fun. You know, I just love this stuff. Yeah. I love all this stupid stuff, man. I got a uh, flash up there that is probably the most ex- has increased in price most expensively. I bought it for like twenty bucks, and now it's worth like sixty or seventy. The blue flash up there, which is pretty neat. I don't know. Do you just, um, do you collect anything, Dougley? Doug, Dougie, Dougley, Dougley. Uh, Bible verses, Bible versions. Uh, the Bible Man Extended Universe. The Bible Man Extended Universe. I got it all. No, I was I looking I into buying those figures for you. Shane. They're so, dude. They're <laughs> they so get expensive. expensive. Yeah. <laughs> they're so, dude. If if I ever got a hold of those, because I had them all growing up. I had all the Bible Man action figures, and I don't know what happened to them. A couple of them broke. Like, they are not sturdy. 
They weren't meant for playing with, I don't think. Because, like, I think they feel like they're made of resin, honestly. <laughs> like, they're, like, the quality is whack. But if I had these Bible Man action figures, shit, dog. That, that's all I need, I think. I'm going to get them. I'm going to pull the trigger. But, um. What else do you remember from wrestling? Anything else that was, like, vivid in your head that you just loved? Or. Anything that like made you mad? There's a couple of of moments that made me absolutely livid in wrestling that I remember from when I was a kid. I'm trying to remember. It's been such a long time. I'm sorry for such a long silence. I have no. I don't know. I don't know. You're good. I remember uh, Gold Dust <laughs> and the big fat guy that put his butt in people's faces. Rikishi. Rikishi. I remember they fought once. Yeah. And Rikishi ended up putting his butt in. That's Gold called the stink eye. Stink eye, yeah. <laughs> I also loved uh, uh, Jerry. The is it the King Lawler? I loved him. Yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite. Still people. on commentary, believe really? it or not. Really, really okay. Yeah. He's a problematic dude in real life, but I believe it. I yeah, believe it. yeah. <laughs> Most wrestlers are. Yeah, remember that. And then I remember towards the end of me watching it, I think was when Edge came along and kind of took Lita away. Right, if from I'm, Matt Hardy. Yeah, from Matt Hardy, yeah. Uh, I was pretty mad when Jeff Hardy stopped. We'll probably just end it right here. But go ahead, finish your thought, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, I was pretty mad whenever uh, Jeff Hardy stopped wrestling. I don't even remember what happened. He stopped and kept back quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really cool, man. We love wrestling. It's so neat. But, uh... Yeah, thanks for talking more with us. For sure.